Shauna Ryder, creating supplemental products and superfoods to dramatically improve her well-being. This is episode 129 on Alternative Health Tools podcast, where together we discover and share new alternative health tools and resources from alternative healthcare practitioners and experts. This is Kim Shea, your co-host for this episode of Alternative Health Tools, coming to you from this side of the pond here in Southern California. The date is February 25th, 2021, and today I am joined by Shauna Ryder of Alaya Naturals, and she's going to tell us all about her products, but also about her journey and how she came to develop this company in the first place. And I have to tell you, she's just absolutely lovely. She's like this little angel sitting here in front of me and we don't have video, but you should see her. So whatever she's doing for herself, you know, is working. So welcome Shauna very much to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful and flattering introduction. I might have to say that for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Tell your husband. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us about your journey because I am looking at you and you uh, just from what I can see are the picture of perfect health, but you from what I've read, you have a different background. I do. And I also have current, you know, kind of chronic struggles. But yes, I've been forced to prioritize my health. And unfortunately, for a lot of us, it takes a big wake-up call to put ourselves and our health first. And so what you're seeing now is the result of many, many years of intentional living. Um, But basically, at age 14, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and parasites all in the same month. If you can imagine how explosive, literally explosive, that (laughs) combination is. Poor thing. Too graphic, but it was a a rough time. And as you know, the the psyche of a 14-year-old... Uh, coming of age time is really delicate and fragile to begin with. So to add on top of that, the intensity of what I was experiencing physically was really overwhelming. So I made some decisions to get my life on track by leaving traditional high school. I had been um, at a an Ivy League prep high school here in Los Angeles, very competitive, very academically driven. And I recognized that was not going to contribute to my health. And um, especially because I do tend to be a little bit of, I'm not going to say a type A personality. (laughs) That's a negative connotation. But I am a problem solver and I tend to live a lot in my head if I'm not careful. And so what that time called for was a slowing down and a separation from the anxieties that a more traditional, conventional life um, was presenting. And so... During that time, I was on medications uh, of all kinds. I started with antibiotics um, and, you know, because they were just trying to eliminate any potential infection. Um, I was on prednisone, which is a pretty heavy-duty steroid for over a year. And then I transitioned to acicol and a bunch of other things that unfortunately for my body um, had a significant number of side effects. And I uh, I really value the contribution of uh, Western medicine, which is essential and uh, has saved my life on more than one occasion. 
But in this instance, it was actually natural and more holistic remedies and perspective shifts, lifestyle shifts that got me to the place where I am today and where you can see me and say, wow, she's the picture of health. I was seeing a Chinese herbalist at the time who was incredibly fundamental to my rehabilitation holistically. Um, I actually worked with a homeopathic Sikh, but nutrition became a really huge part of understanding how to heal. And ever since then, ever since understanding the power of what we put into our body, um, which includes our thoughts and our, our belief system, but by the way, you know, I think food is one piece. Um, but of course, now, especially in these times that we're living in, we, we have to kind of look at ourselves and all of our dimensions and facets and um, simultaneously address all of those needs. Um, but food for me was a really critical piece. Understanding, you know, that not all food is that's healthy, objectively speaking, is healthy for every body. So getting my allergies tested, understanding what my sensitivities were, eliminating certain kinds of inflammatory foods. I mean, my diet at the time, as a 14-year-old girl, you know, is a kind of a free-for-all. It was like cinnamon buns for breakfast and pizza if that was offered for lunch and whatever tasted good and felt good and, you know, got the serotonin <laughs> rush. And understanding that what you put in your body, what you eat changes you chemically um, was also a huge piece for me. I think part of the adolescent experience involved in my life involved quite a bit of volatility emotionally and a certain degree of depression um, and angst. And I realized that once I transformed my body physically, what followed the natural progression of that was also an evolution um, of my mood and my kind of overall stability. And so it's been interesting because for the rest of my life, basically, from, I'll be 40 this July, I immediately now pivot when I've gotten off track with my diet or my routine, my program, or just kind of the way I'm viewing my life and get back to that more holistic approach, which always emphasizes nutrition. That's a good point that you're bringing up because what was one of the questions I was going to ask you is you have some supplemental products that you've devised for yourself, but I was wondering if you followed a special diet in addition to that. And I've been thinking about, actually Tom Brady has been popping into my head. I know he's got a special diet that he follows that allows him to be very healthy and able to still be doing what he does. And I've been thinking about it because I have things in the house that are delicious that I want to eat and they're not necessarily the healthy thing to do. And I think we're all doing that right now with the pandemic. It's easy. We're nesting inside our homes and it's easy to stock up on things that aren't very healthy. And it's hard to have the discipline just to decide, no, I'm not going to eat those things because I won't, I won't feel well. But for someone like you with your situation, you probably would feel it sooner than the average person, but it sounds like it can build up over time where if you're eating that way, it's going to start bothering you. If it's not, if it's not immediate, it will bother you. Yeah. I mean, I think for everyone, there are longer terms, accumulative effects, you know, that are um, higher intensity. And for others, there's a more immediate reaction. You know, if you, if you have an allergy, for instance, you might have a rash or an itchy throat or, you know, swollen 
parts of your body. And so that's a, a more obvious inflammatory response for most of us. Unfortunately, the inflammation is below the radar, which makes it easier to persist in habits that aren't really endorsing our, our overall wellness. And so I think for everyone to kind of sit back and take inventory of what we're putting in our body, um, not from the standpoint of shaming ourselves and saying, oh, we, we know we got to do better, but maybe what are some of the other symptoms or problem areas in my life that I don't attribute directly to my diet, that, but they may be indirectly influenced. Actually, it is a direct influence, but we don't really see it that way. So the sneaky way of sort of approaching it psychologically for me has been, huh, well, what, what's sort of the secondary effect? You know, it's obvious if you have a stomach ache uh, after you eat something that it's not a great choice, but what if you're moody or what if you lack energy or what if the next day you feel like you're hungover, but you haven't had anything to drink? Most likely it's inflammation from what we've put in our body. I mean, again, our thoughts and our belief systems and all of those things, I I think are hugely influential, but it's always um, helpful for me to kind of take a look at what I've eaten and say, wow, did I get enough protein? Was there something that I am just having trouble absorbing and digesting? And I can see by um, my stomach area and whether or not it's distended, you know, if maybe there's more gas in there than I'm able to, I'm not processing something. Maybe my body doesn't have the enzymes to break something down. Um, maybe I'm eating in too large a quantity of food. So maybe I've forgotten to eat. I mean, this isn't my story personally because I never skip breakfast because I'm obsessed with breakfast. But for a person maybe who is on the go and has skipped breakfast and has a massive lunch, maybe the problem is that they're just not able to digest the quantity of food that they're consuming at one particular sitting. Maybe it's that we're not letting our body rest enough between meals, you know, and and we're constantly putting our body to work by... Um, by having to eat, you know, in smaller portions and digest throughout the day. Yes, food has an effect for sure. And in terms of my specific choices, um, I will say that I don't think any one diet is appropriate for every person, right? So like your level of physical activity, even some would argue your ancestry and your DNA, um, you know, how much sleep you've gotten or haven't gotten where you are if you're a, a woman in your monthly cycle, just what your hormonal balance is like in general. All of these things influence what we put into our body. And so even for someone like myself who overall has certain sort of tenants I cling to in terms of my dietary habits, I'm always adjusting. If I feel like I'm craving something, I listen to my body. If I need a larger quantity of protein that day, I make sure to double up. Um, if I'm if I'm wanting, you know, greens, micro greens, and fresh raw vegetables, you know, often um, our body actually uh, is really adaptive in terms of like what our hormone cycle is. So we should be eating differently, and, and it it will demonstrate in how we behave and feel if we eat differently at different times of month. So there are times where I just want really hot, you know, thick, dense, starchy soups. And that's what my body is needing. Maybe I want grounding that day, or maybe I haven't slept as well. I need a little bit more glucose in my system. So that is the disclaimer to say there's no one size fits all. And for any individual, I think we need to be very thoughtful at any given point in the day about what our needs are. But I happen to have um, a primarily plant-based diet, 
that also incorporates fish. And I eliminate dairy whenever possible. I do love cheese. So I eat um, dairy-free cheese to kind of get my fix and feel like I'm having something dairy-ish, you know, without the inflammatory side effects. I tend to be a snacker. Um, I do believe in the benefits of intermittent fasting, but I also know that for my body, snacking is really helpful. And so within the time frame that I'm eating, um, I make sure to keep my blood sugar regulated. That's extremely important. But I'm curious to hear about the things in your home that you're perceiving as uh, indulgent and see if maybe we can work something out where you're not really having to give anything up, but maybe approach the portion or quantity differently or find a, a healthier alternative that will still satisfy that that comfort food need. I have need. healthier alternatives. I'm a big fan of biscotti. I make a lot of biscotti and I cut, I cut mm. half the flour with almond flour. Whenever I make the recipe, it makes a very crisp cookie. It's very nice and it feels like I'm getting a lot of protein in that. And I put a lot of nuts in there too, whole nuts. So it's a high protein thing, but I have my, one of my son's friends often brings a plate of fresh from the oven, homemade chocolate chip cookies. It's, it just requires <laughs> discipline on my part to just say, I'm just going to get one of my biscotti because it gives me the sweetness and the crunch yeah. without all the fat and everything like that. So I try not to make stuff like is that. He bringing, is he bringing them to you as an offering? Like as well, a to the whole to family, you, yeah. Yeah. So give them a recipe and say, hey, you love us. You want to cook this? Use this maple, maple sweetens recipe with spelt flour or, you know, cocoa yeah, something flour. like that. See, maybe, maybe yeah, that would it. be great. That would be great. But that really is just discipline on my part. And um, I, I, yeah. there's really no excuse for it. And it really was the pandemic hit. I got a brand new oven because my oven had died. And it's a big oven with convection. And so now I could bake. And my kids were just thrilled. Like, are you going to make popovers? Are you going to make this? Are you going to make that? So it was really, it's fun. Oh, I hear you, Cam. We've been going, we went down that pandemic rabbit hole. And let me tell you, the self-medicating is a real <laughs> <It> thing. <is. laughs> we all have different ways of handling that. For me, baked goods are my weakness. I mean, I have them almost every day in some mm -hmm. form or other, and it and it has an effect. I notice that I my energy shifts, and uh, I I had in my so I actually have an ongoing condition called leukopenia. My body basically just at birth and ongoing hasn't produced um, a sufficient number of white blood cells. So this pandemic has been you know alarming for me in that sense, having, of course, an oppressed immune system or suppressed immune system. But what I'll say is in my 20s, I went to a, an acupuncturist and, you know, some of these acupuncturists are just miraculously, they just take you in so intuitively and they are so trained to study parts of the body um, that a lot of Western doctors sort of ignore. It's like, oh, is there a sparkle in your eye? <laughs> you know, what does your tongue look like? Is there a film on your tongue? Um, what's your complexion? And, you know, so he asked me to stick out my tongue and he said, I know what your problem is. I was, I was actually experiencing at that time, chronic bronchitis. And he said, you hmm. eat too much sugar. And I said, no, <laughs> I said, tell me any other thing, please don't take that away. It's my crutch. And he said, you get two dates a day, two dates. Wow. And that's it. And you need to train yourself to really enjoy that sweetness and savor that sweetness. And, you know, it worked for a period of time. And I have, you know, unfortunately, 
the older I've gotten and the more consistent my health has become, the more liberties I've taken. There were times in my life where I was incredibly scrupulous about every morsel because I felt like my salvation depended on it, you know? And so it is very human tendency to get lax when things are going well. But I have found in this pandemic that sugar has been my temptation as well. And also just something to do with my tiny kids who were home all day for many months. And, you know, it's just a quick, like sugar is just the fastest way to everyone's happiness. It was a quick fix for them in terms of a, an immediate project. And for me, in terms of my, my treat intake. Yeah. And that, that is a problem that a lot of people are facing, particularly a lot of moms where they've got kids home all day long and they're trying to do everything. Yeah. And I'm sure giving the kids some cookies and a glass of milk, please go do this so I can have five minutes to work on whatever I've got to work on or just having That's an right. activity. And baking has just been taking the nation by storm. Baking bread and baking yes. cookies and all these things. And I was looking on Instagram the other day, looking at cakes that people are making. I was blown away. They're, they're works of art. They're just beautiful. So like what yeah, I can understand yeah. that it's just it's something to do. But the long-term effect, as you know, has a price to be paid. And and you, you've paid a more severe price than a lot of people, I suppose. But um, I know with arthritis and things like that, everyone should be looking at possibly anti-inflammatory diets and it just requires discipline. But I think when you have an autocorrect, meaning you get sick or you have pain or discomfort, that, that allows you to change course more quickly. Whereas if you don't have any symptoms, you can go a long time. You know, my husband's best friend had emergency heart surgery this week and he has five stents in his heart and he's 45. Oh my gosh. Um, and there is a hereditary component, but what we know now about genes is that you may have the genetic markers for something, but there are a lot of uh, environmental influences and possibly internal, you know, mental influences that affect whether or not we turn those genes on. And it, he was hiking with my husband this past week and felt, you know, some heart palpitation kind of stuff happening and was just, you know, short of breath and had some discomfort and it happened a second time and he just took himself to the hospital and he was in surgery, you know, within seconds. And so, or minutes, <laughs> seconds might be an exaggeration, but I mean, they didn't let him go. Once he took yeah. him to the hospital, he was there and he has a very, very, um, he's a paleo diet a ton of meat and which, you know, I, I think is really very natural. You know, my kids eat meat and my husband chooses to eat meat, but anything done uh, in an extreme way, I think has the potential to be dangerous. And some of these diets, you know, that purport to be healthy, really don't take balance into consideration or genetics or any of those things. And so, um, you know, unfortunately he was the picture of health and could not see that coming which is why it's, I think, important to get ahead of it. And we unfortunately live in a country that doesn't, in my opinion, value preventative health and wellness the way other maybe like European countries do. My mother lives in Sweden. You know, she had an accident last week and the healthcare there is just incredible. Um, and here we're just not really supported in that way and encouraged to take care of ourselves preventatively. And, you know, we could avoid a lot of those problems if we did. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Well, so tell me about how you got into developing products. I mean, a lot of people have 
health issues, they don't come up with a product line. So how did you get into that? You know, it wasn't really my intention. It's not like something I had planned on doing for most of my life. I was a preschool teacher. I was a professional songwriter and singer. Um, Up through the pregnancy with my son, I was recording and working. And then after I gave birth to my daughter, um, 24 months after I gave birth to my son, I felt depleted in a way I hadn't felt since my early teens. Again, in my 20s, I had had some issues with chronic bronchitis, but it didn't really deplete me. It was like it would come on pretty acutely. I would treat it and then move on. But, you know, having two children in 24 months, I mean, you're a mother of four, so (laughs) I need not explain the toll that having children takes in the most beautiful, you know, way. But it's a lot that you're giving from your body. And I had been breastfeeding. I breastfed my um, son through, you know, part of my pregnancy. And so I only had a few months of my pregnancy where I paused. And by the time my daughter was born, I was exhausted. Mm. We had gone through a couple of, you know, situations during my pregnancy. We had to go through two moves, um, one while I was in labor because there was black mold in our house and the roof was falling through of our rental. I mean, it was just a crazy situation. It was, wow. It was the, it was the, that kind of historical rainy, you know, winter we had five years ago, if you recall, where I do literally our roof was falling through as I was in labor, I was packing up boxes. And so I brought my daughter home. The night we moved into an Airbnb, I went to the hospital and had my daughter and I brought her home to this Airbnb. (laughs) Like we had no idea where we were going to live after that because we just completely got out of the rental, you know, that after the contractor said it's going to be five months before you can move back in. And so I was just exhausted and um, breastfeeding and and trying to show up for my son. So, you know, I was breastfeeding my daughter, of course, all through the night as a newborn and then wanting to be present for my son in the morning. And so I was, you know, feeding him breakfast at 6.30 in the morning. And and I just, after six weeks, was more tired than I think I've ever been in my entire life. And my husband actually um, had started a nutrition company called Vine Nutrition. And he was making products that were completely uninteresting to me. I wasn't taking his supplements. And um, I said, gosh, you know, I feel like my body needs all of these things that I don't have. And I'm so frustrated that you're not selling them because I knew that his products were reputable and trustworthy, but just weren't what I was looking for. So I went on this kind of mad hunt for supplementation to support my body. Um, Again, to, you know, because of the leukopenia, I'm always kind of at risk for autoimmune issues. And so feeling myself get to that point of depletion, I wanted to sort of get ahead of it and not let it kind of slide into something much more serious than just, you know, extreme fatigue. And so I started buying everything I possibly could, fish oils, um, protein powders, you know, super green powders and all of those things. And I had issues with every one of them. Either they didn't improve my state of well-being or um, they made me gassy, frankly, or I didn't like the way they tasted or they weren't sustainably sourced and eco-friendly. And so I had, you know, I was uncomfortable supporting the business um, or they were super expensive and I felt like I was being robbed. Um, 
And so it took a while, but little by little, I basically laid laid out the, the roadmap of my medicine cabinet and what I wanted to have that that was coming from a place of authenticity and that I could trust was really pure. And so um, I ended up starting Alliant Naturals really um, as a response to my own needs. And it's funny, I, I heard um, after I started my company, I heard someone say that in business, you know, you have to basically be solving a problem, right? You know, when you create products, you're solving a problem for people. And in essence, with my company, I was solving a problem for myself first, um, and it was a pretty desperate, acute one, which made it really interesting for me to want to share with other women because at the time, and still, I was extremely passionate about breastfeeding, working women who were tired and not getting their physical needs met and wanting to share um, with them things that I felt were, you know, would work essentially. So how long, once you started taking your own formulations, your own recipes. How long did yeah. it take before you started to feel like you had some normal energy again? Three months, probably. Oh, that's pretty good. I'm going to say three months. Some of it may have been a placebo. I have to say, I I recognize such a crystal clear difference between taking my products and other people's. And I take breaks to take other people's products to see if to see what's going on, frankly, and to see what's, you know, is there something in some other product that is more energizing? Um, do I feel the same taking my product as I do other people's? I feel markedly different taking my product. What I will say is when I first began taking my product consistently, it was about three months. And I think part of what was going on was just relief and feeling like I had control over the situation. <laughs> so oh, yeah, that's tremendously you know, important. Yeah. Now, as someone who has a history of being a little bit compulsive and a little bit controlling when it comes to what I put in my body, because it meant so much to me to heal from food. Um, and I've relied so heavily on what I put uh, in, in my body as medicine. I, you know, my research for these products, the people I collaborated with, my advisory board, the process that we went in, you know, that we engaged in to make sure that everything was super clean from the ingredients themselves to the labs, you know, where we're manufacturing everything, like to know in detail how all of that was working and to trust it was just such a huge relief for me that I feel like, I mean, maybe it would have taken me six months to feel such a huge weight off of me and um, such a massive overhaul. But for me, it was about three months because that was the point at which I started to feel better and then could take a deep breath and go, wow, it's possible both to feel better through what you eat and how you supplement and also to feel really good about you know the process of making those choices. Okay, so we keep talking about products, products, products on this podcast. And our listeners have no idea what it is that you have. So let's talk about what you have. Yeah, so um, my the three powders that I have are an organic greens super blend, which um, are green powder basically with adaptogens and antioxidants and a probiotic. So 
you know, busy mom, now working mom, it's all there. Like everything that you need in one scoop, easy, done. I also sell protein powder, um, a grass-fed whey protein and a vegan protein and my multi-collagen, which I think, you know, we were talking off the air before we began this conversation and we were discussing that you look so youthful for being a mother of four and now a grandmother and you had referenced my skin and my immediate answer is collagen. Yeah, and I'm going to I'm going to need a case of that. Your skin is so beautiful. So Thank you. Yeah, so um okay, so those are powders and so you mix those in with water or what do you do with those? I mix them into a smoothie every morning altogether and you can put them in coffee. Uh, the the collagen blends beautifully with coffee or a matcha latte. You can mix them just with water if you know you're a low maintenance person. I'm not. <laughs> I'm more high maintenance. Sometimes I'll put just the collagen in my matcha if I'm not making a cold drink that day. But I try to get my smoothie in, you know, m- m- most days of the week so I can just pack it all in. I also, you know, one of the non-negotiables for me is the probiotic. I sell a probiotic. We're actually upgrading the probiotic right now to include a prebiotic, which I'm really excited about. Um, But I take my probiotic every morning on an empty stomach. We've got fish oil and krill oil and... Um, organic greens tablets and olive leaf extract and spirulina. Um, I mean, we've got tons of great of great stuff that are basically my go tos, both for maintenance and for you know upkeep. If I feel like something's coming on, or if I've been exposed to someone who's not well, for instance, I'll I'll make sure to double up on my probiotic and take like the olive leaf extract. But everything in my arsenal can be taken as maintenance on a regular basis. Okay. Well, it's cool. It looks like very nice packaging. And then tell me about olive leaf extract. I have never heard of that. I have a beautiful olive tree on my kitchen. Yeah, but I I didn't know anyone did anything with that. Really? Oh my goodness. It is one of my very, very favorite go-tos. First of all, it has the polyphenols in it. So it's got great, great antioxidants. But it also has allopurin in it that is basically an antimicrobial, antiviral, and antibacterial. So it's without wiping out all of the good stuff in your body that maybe an antibiotic would if you're feeling under the weather, if you've you know contracted something. Um, olive leaf extract can do similar things. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to discourage anyone from taking the antibiotic. They need that because that's a completely appropriate choice in certain cases. But there are a couple of things that, you know, a person can do immediately when they're not feeling well, um, which is, you know, to up the vitamin D. I love NAC and vitamin A, which I don't, I don't provide in my arsenal maybe one day. But then oil of uh, oregano is great. And I combine that with the olive leaf extract. And I have to tell you, I in 20, gosh, it's been almost 20 years now. I've taken an antibiotic one time and it was um, for a breast infection when I was breastfeeding. I got mastitis, mastitis which is you know um, really hard to treat holistically. I did try and I waited a little too long before I, before I took my antibiotic. But I've used olive leaf extract for years in basically every other situation and I've um, never required anything else. That's really neat to know. I hadn't heard of that before. So that's that's cool. I'm yeah, glad we've been using it in the the Mediterranean world, you know, 
for thousands of years. So it's we're a little bit newer to understanding its health benefits here in America, but it's a really special, special product. And it's it could also be used, I mean, I don't use it this way and I don't sell it this way, but it can be used topically because it has those antimicrobial effects. That's that's amazing. Plants are amazing anyway, just in terms of everything that they can do and, and the gifts that they all have. So that's really neat that you are harnessing that. Thank you. And and part of why we need to, you know, continue to protect the environment. And I think COVID is a big kind of wake up call for us all that we need to keep things in balance. Mm-hmm. You know, our own microbiome and what goes on in, internally is kind of a reflection I'm realizing and sort of meditating on um, of what's going on in the larger world, which is incredibly imbalanced in terms of you know, how we're eliminating such large, large numbers of trees and <laughs> rainforests, you know, and all of these things that hold the answers, I think, to a lot of disease. I've I've had the privilege of going to Costa Rica and Guatemala and being in those rainforests and being led by Native people there um, who have explained the medicinal, you know, purposes of plants that they use to treat everything, including cancer, you know. And unfortunately, we're just we're we're just kind of opening our eyes to the to the immense benefits, you know, of being in touch with the natural world. Yeah, the partnership that it offers for us. So yeah, well, I think it's neat that you're bringing some awareness to that. I had a question about one of your products because I was looking at your reviews and the spirulina. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I do take that, but I can't take the recommended dosage because it upsets my stomach and. Uh, that's one of the number one comments I've seen on your product is that people say they can take it and it doesn't make them feel sick. Can so why why it is that? It was a problem for me too. Oh, it's okay. Sourcing. <laughs> it's sourcing <laughs> and cleanness. And when you're when you're working in the algae world, you have to be meticulous. You have to be really scrupulous. This is why the control freak that I am decided to start a supplement company because you know, things can look really pretty on paper and, and you can look at a gorgeous website or a product on Amazon and you know, the wording for something can be very enticing. Um, and it can make sense to choose something based on all of those things. But really, it boils down to the, the quality of the ingredient and how pure the ingredient is. And if it's, if it's not, your intestines will pay the price and let you know, you know, if you're feeling nauseated after you take some, I mean, some of, there is a degree of acclimation. I think if your body isn't used to taking super greens blend, for instance, you might want to start, you know, with half a dose just because you're, you know, you're introducing a new product and a new food to your system. And so you want to make sure your body understands how to digest it. You know, in the same way, you might not feel fabulous after eating a plate of French fries, but if you maybe make baked sweet potato fries instead, you feel pretty good. It's the same fundamental ingredients, but prepared very differently. It's going to have a different effect on on how you feel. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm really interested in that because uh, the I it was a book that I had read. And they were recommending that that was an important part of diet was to have spirulina, but it had to come from Hawaii. And I saw yours comes from California. And um, but in terms of a control issue, I hadn't thought about that 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 would be a factor. So you have control over the process of it and how it's made. That's right. Yeah, it's I really mean, neat. Everyone we collaborate with is 
very um, conscientious and, you know, we were, we were really particular about choosing, you know, manufacturers and who we work with. And I'm actually, you know, for all of the powders, I'm literally there with chemists um, working on formulations. So I'm intimately involved in the process. And because I'm putting it in my body and in some cases, my children's body, my children eat, um, they consume the protein powder. I'm not going to feed myself anything. I wouldn't feed my kids and I wouldn't feed my kids anything that, you know, I, that is, isn't of the highest standard. So, you know, I think, I think that's a, a good test for people in business. It's like, would you, would you encourage your child to partake in this experience? Mm. <laughs> and if not, why? Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch what I made. Yeah. Well, that's not good. <laughs> How did you come up with a name? Alaya, that's pretty. Yeah. Well, actually the name first, um, it means abode or dwelling. Um, and it first crossed my mind when we were naming our daughter. My daughter's name is Maya, but I was kind of looking at alternative names for her. And that, that was one that I came across at Sanskrit. And um, the body is a an abode. Ultimately, it's our house. It's our shelter. It's where we live. We can't escape it. <laughs> come rain or come shine. It is our protector. And so in thinking about holistic medicine and functional nutrition and all of the ways in which I've come to understand the influence of what we consume, it made sense to call the company Alaya because ultimately it's what we're feeding our system and our house and our body that's going to influence our lives so deeply. Well, I want to thank you. I've, this has been really interesting, and you're just you're just lovely, just inside and out. I really appreciate thank you. I appreciate your whole viewpoint on everything, and I noticed too. It doesn't take much to spend to get free shipping on your website, which is really a nice incentive for people to be able to get the products delivered to them. We'll put your website on the show notes, but I'll just tell everybody here. All the right. It's Alaya Naturals, and that's A L A Y A, alayanaturals.com. And it, you have a really nice selection of products on there. So I, I would I want people to know about that because it sounds like it can make a lot of people feel better. And, and as you and I have been discussing at this time, it's just, it's so important to focus on our health and to focus on our long term goals and our impact on the climate and on the environment. And this is a nice product that seems like that'll align with all those goals. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, and and this is a time where there's so much that's outside of our control. And so I think to kind of place a healthy degree of focus and emphasis on on what we can control and ways that are improving our lives and our outlook and influencing our mental health and wellness and perception of things is um, really empowering, you know, and it, it, for me, continuing to prioritize health during this time has made it a lot easier to manage with the many ways in which this is a year that's been out of control. Yeah. Yeah. And continuing. Yeah. But we're getting on top of it. Things are moving, I think, in a positive direction overall, which is great. But yeah, I think, as you've pointed out, just feeling like you have some control and you're making positive decisions for your health overall is going to just make you feel better while we're going through this turbulent time. And then once you get on the other side of it, you'll feel good. And hopefully by then, you know, people like me will have developed the discipline to say, thanks for the chocolate chip cookies. I'm going to have one of my yeah. biscottis. Or, or maybe a date. You've, got, <laughs> you've got a once a week, you know, cheat day. 
Sunday, you get every Friday we order um, from a bakery croissants that are uh, date sweetened and gluten free and all these things, you know, and it's just something that we look forward to Friday mornings. My kids and I, we get our chocolate and almond croissants. And so maybe like it becomes a tradition. Yeah. You know, because it, it is interesting how when something is more sacred and less accessible, we value it differently. You know, we learn that in relationships sometimes the hard way. But when you have less of something available to you, you really do take it in differently. You consume it differently. And so... You know, when that when that Chinese um, practitioner told me two dates uh, a day was my allotment of sweet, you know, at first I kind of groaned, and then afterwards I just couldn't wait for my dates. <laughs> I, I ate them with sprouted almond butter and a little cup of hemp milk, and it became you know a really special and delicious thing. But I had been taking for granted all of my other indulgences before. Yeah. Then. And and I think you do need treats. We do need to reward ourselves. We are human beings that naturally are drawn to sugar and sweetness. And we do need some of that in our lives. It's a fun thing to have, but in moderation. In moderation. I've been as a replacement now because I am trying to kind of wean myself off of the pandemic sugar. I've been um, I've been just dancing spontaneously, Kim. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking I like, like okay, it. If, I'm, if I'm eating, if I'm craving sugar, what is it that I'm really wanting? Because it's not that I'm wanting a croissant. I'm wanting a feeling. I'm wanting mm-hmm. an experience. I'm craving either a hit of energy or um, an emotional, you know, kind of recalibration or a little bit of an, an endorphin rush. And so something about just thrusting myself really ridiculously into dance and my kids laugh spastically at me. I mean, they, <laughs> they love it. That's great. Ridiculous. But it's just that moment of like, you know, turn on the 80s music or whatever your jam is and just kind of like let go. And I'm realizing that that's just way more fun and satisfying than even the sugar. No guilt. No guilt after you No guilt. That. And I feel yeah. I do get that endorphin rush. I mean, I get like everything, my, you know, my body is flooded with all of those juicy chemicals that make me feel good. And then I can make a better, from there, I can make a better choice about what I put in my body, you know. Well, you truly are a role model. So I thank you so much, Shauna Ryder, Alaya Naturals. And I also want to thank all of you who've been listening. I hope this has been helpful to you. And you can catch our podcast, Alternative Health Tools, anywhere you get your podcasts. And please consider coming by alternativehealthtools.com. You can leave us an audio message now. We'd love to hear from you. Ask us a question, give us some feedback, or just say hi. So thank you, Shauna. Thank you, Kim. Produced by Heard Not Seen Media, visit imaginepodcasting.com for more information.